people are not here today are known as the frozen chosen. You are chosen. I want to pick up from where I left off on last Sunday. I want to take you from uh, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, to now verses 13 through 18. You may have a, another reference from which to read. The screen is always available. Are you ready? Amen if you're ready. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Reach your hands this way. Pray for me, and I'm not going to belabor this word, but I, I need the Lord to help me. You know everybody that would be in church today. You ordered their steps. They didn't know whether they'd be here or not because of extenuating circumstances, but they're here. God, we don't want to play church or have church. We want to be the church, the called out ones. So bless us with the fullness of your word and the knowledge of God. Lord, I said a bunch of things in the first service. If you don't want that said, bring what you want said. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Here's a, the subject for today's word from the Lord. It is Christmas Spoilers. You know one? You don't know a Christmas spoiler? Hang in there, it won't be long. I don't believe that Dr. Seuss took the Bible and searched it to find out how he may make his book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, similar to the Bible. I don't think that happened. I don't think that the Lord inspired Matthew, the author of the first gospel, to write in a way that a couple thousand years later, it would look like How the Grinch Stole Christmas. But there are connections 
that can't be ignored. And while I know one is not spiritual, I'd like to draw from that because the one I'm going to talk about today, Herod, was not spiritual. I love that movie, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Jim Carrey, and that doesn't mean I condone everything that he has done or will do. There is this town called Whoville. But really, there, there's not a town called Whoville. Because that was just imagination, writing. There is no green creature called the Grinch. There's no little child called Cindy Lou, except your daughter. But there are people who believe and behave like the Grinch. There are people who think like the Grinch. There are people who are hurting like the Grinch. There are people who are lonely like the Grinch. How do you know a Christmas spoiler? How do you know if you're one? If I'm one, I want to use, as uh, sufficiently as I can, I want to use five signs that will enable you and I to identify whether or not we are Christmas spoiler or a Grinch. And in order to do that, I, I gave you the text, and it speaks to you about the comparison of Herod to today's Christmas spoilers. Begin with the first one. You know that you are a Christmas spoiler if you get upset when others invade your territory. In the, the book, The Grinch Stole Christmas, the Grinch had left Whoville because somebody heard him. I don't necessarily mean physical hurt. I mean mental and emotional hurt. He was different. You know how people you know that are green? He was different, and as a result, in school, he was made fun of. In other areas in his young life, we surmise that he was treated ill. So he don't need all this junk. I'm going to remove myself from Whoville and I'm going to climb to the highest snow-covered mountain with the biggest cave and I'm going to stay there because this is my territory, not, not Whoville. One morning, however, the sounds of gladness from in the valley of Whoville. The sounds of celebration and happiness went all the way up the mountain into the cave where he was hiding. It made him mad. That's the very thing he left. The, 
songs and the jubilation that was going on in Whoville invaded his territory. The very thing that he wanted to escape when he got hurt. Herod got upset at the news that the wise men came inquiring, verse 2, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? <laughs> Wait just a minute, Mr. Herod says. This is my territory. Bethlehem, Jerusalem, all the areas surrounding it, and perhaps miles in circumference. This is my territory. And I was assigned by the Roman Senate to be specifically called the king of the Jews. And now you come in telling me that there's another king of the Jews? That can't be. This is my territory. And so it made him very angry because he was very insecure. And if hurt people run away, it doesn't necessarily mean what they were running from is gone. That's a pretty sorry amen for that good thought. I worked on that a while, folks. I mean, I'd like for you all to outdo the first service. I had to keep working, however. You know, brothers and sisters, one of the responsibilities of a pastor is to invade the territory that people consider their own. <laughs> I've had people say to me and other preachers here have said to me, man, you stepped on my toe. And I'm thinking, that's my job. I've gone to other meetings where they stepped on my head. And there, you, you and I got to confess, there are certain areas in our life uh, that is our territory and we don't want nobody to mess with it. One of the hardest things for man to pry open, and even God, can you believe something's hard for God? Is your wallet or your purse. You can have my houses and my lands as if he's going to take it. And God says, I want to invade your territory because I want to bless you. Give me an amen. God says, and I'm saying there's a teacher to you, if you'll give me 10% of your, your income, if you make $100 and give me $10 a week, I'll take that $10. You got the 90% and I'll make that 90% go further than if you had kept the $10. What, what, let me invade the territory a little bit. What does God need that you and I can give him that, he, that he'll miss it. Amen? When God asks us to bring all the tithe in the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and then see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there will not be room to contain it. When God asks us to give, he had us in mind. 
when you plant your bell peppers and your cayenne peppers and your corn, <laughs> you ain't gonna be happy if you went to the yard come <laughs> summer and got one bell pepper. I didn't, I didn't study that. <laughs> you don't want to plant a seed of corn and get one corn on the stalk. <laughs> oh, is it too early to come out here? It's too early, okay. Oh, my pocket, I almost, I almost forgot about my pocket. When you tip God, you can't expect a dinner. Let God get in that territory. Some folks get mad because I said it. Don't get mad at me. I'm just a mailman. You're, you're looking at a man this morning whose wife, Valerie and I, I have never been in want because God has taken our seed and blessed us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Don't, don't get upset. Here's another area of, uh, of God wants to invade our territory, and we, we struggle with this. This area of bitterness and unforgiveness. Can I get an amen? God, you don't know how bad they hurt me. Pastor, you don't know how bad they hurt me. Now, God knows, but I don't know. But if you stay in that bitterness and unforgiveness, you're going to be like you're poisoning yourself. Amen? It's like the analogy that most of you know. If I want David Barnett to die, it ain't going to help if I drink poison. I don't want you. Listen to me. You don't have to have bags and boxes and bows this Christmas to be happy and free and, 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 and jubilation because it, there are things that money cannot buy. Only God can supply. Let me say this to you. You know this business of personal purity? We need to let God into that area of our lives. What we look at, where we look at it, who we hang out with, what we consume, what we let in. You and I can't be Christians living like the devil. I, I say that to tell you that all of us are ad campaigns for God. If we're born again, we, we, we are billboards for God. I'll tell you something this. You can wear the biggest chain around your neck that it makes your head bow. You, you, you can wear a Jesus t-shirt all you want to. You can carry the, the family Bible in your arm. And that don't mean a thing if you hadn't been changed on the inside. Inside. And I'm telling you, don't get upset if the Holy Ghost... You know, the Holy Ghost will deal with your conscience. Amen? The devil says, go that way. The Holy Ghost says, go that way. You'll be okay. Ask Jonah who you listen to. Huh? The Holy Ghost says, don't hang with that crowd because it ain't worth the pain. And, and the devil says, oh, one little time won't hurt you. The 
Holy Ghost is your protector. Don't get upset if he, if he kind of nudges you in a direction you don't want to go. Uh, let, let me hasten here. It's all right for God to invade your territory. Amen? When God invades our territory and we are not ready to change, we usually put up a fight. That's what Herod did. We don't, you and I can't fight with God and win. We can't box with God and win. And if God invites us to another territory or get out of one, it's for our good. Let me show you something else. Number two, you know your Christmas spoiler or even a Grinch when you pretend to be something that you're not. The Grinch in Dr. Zeus's story pretended to be Santa Claus in order to get what he wanted. The Grinch did not come to give presents. He came to steal them. So he pretended to be Santa Claus. He thought, you know, these people have invaded my territory. They've made me mad. They're a constant nuisance to me. And so what I'll do is I'll dress like Santa Claus. I'll put a, 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 a piece of a twig on the head of Max the dog. And I'll build a sleigh. <laughs> Max is this big. The Grinch is this big. And Max and I will go at nighttime when everybody's asleep, climb on top of every roof, have this major vacuum-like hose, and we'll suck up all the presents, all the trees, all the ornaments, all the who cake or whoever else it is. Because I ain't come to give you no gifts. I came to steal yours. But I, you, when you see me, you think I'm Santa Claus. Uh, let me show you this. Herod pretended to be a worshiper of Jesus in order to get what he wanted. Herod said, you know what? There's only, there can only be uh, two kings of the Jews. One, one king of the Jews. I'm sending these wise men who came maybe 200 miles away, maybe it took them a year or two years. They could only navigate when the star was visible in the sky, and of course that's nighttime. They may have gone through dry desert, mountainous areas, valleys, places where there's water, no water, and took them 200 miles, maybe two years. Having done that, they told Herod, ask him, where is he that's born king of the Jews? Uh, for we've seen his star in the east and we've come to worship him. And uh, they, they knew it was the place where he was born because the star fixed itself above what we call the stable. Wasn't going anymore. Stop. Herod wasn't interested in worshiping no Christ child. Herod was interested in killing the Christ child. <laughs> oh, I got this little thought. It may not be biblically sound, but if you really worship God, it'll add to you. It'll take you to the next level. If you really worship God, you come in one day and one way and go back out the other way. 
if you really worship God, you could come in with tears and leave here with your hands raised up because you were glad when you came to the house. If you really worship God, the person beside you or behind you or in front of you don't even matter to you. What matters is glory comes down, anointing comes down, power comes down, and you're like in a third heaven. But if you pretending, like Aaron, I've seen people go through the motion. The motion don't help if you don't have the real thing, right? There are people trying to fit in who's like Herod. They only care about their agenda. And so, having said that, I say that pretending is wrong when it prevents others from knowing the truth. Did you, did you hear what I said? Pretending is wrong when it's a way to protect yourself or a way for you to get something that you want from someone that you could not normally get. This is always, I don't know why they call it the most wonderful time of the year. Because there are some real nasty fights that takes place in the most wonderful family on the earth. Some people go up to the family gathering at Christmas and they don't like Uncle So-and-So. Never have liked him. But they go up to him because he is the rich uncle and they want to know whether or not they are still in the will. That's pretending. Jesus can read right through my pretension. Can I get an amen? Uh, 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 Jesus uh, knows whether I'm phony or whether I'm real. There's a lot of pretending going on at Christmas. They're, 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 they're spiritual pretenders. They're pretenders in the church. And God's Sent his son at Christmas time. We call it Christmas now. To keep us from pretending to be something we're not. Here's the third one. Let, let, let me move on. Christmas spoilers are those who can't join others in their joy. Can't join others in their joy. Leave it up just, just a little bit more. If the Grinch went down to the valley where Whoville was and he joined in the Whoville celebration and jubilation. He would then say to them that everything's fine. I forgive you. And we're now one. But because he wanted to hold his hate and his bitterness and his strife, when joy was nearby, he, he went ahead and stayed in the cave. Instead of joy, he held on to his bitterness. Y'all all right? You know, the Bible says that uh, when the pastor found his handkerchief. He used it. 
when the, when the wise men left Herod's place, the palace of Herod, under the direction of Herod that when you find that baby, hurry back and tell me because I want to go and worship him. He was a liar. He wasn't intended to worship the Christ child. He was intended to kill him. But when the wise men got there and they saw the, well, I'll just describe it this way, the, the stable and the manger and Mary and Joseph and the Christ child and, and of course, the animals that, that are there, as we're told in the Christmas story. When, when they got there, the Bible said they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Forget that I've been traveling two years. Forget that I've come through the heat and the cold. Forget that there were animals in the deserts that could kill me. Forget it because the object of my affection is right there. <laughs> I'll go another 200 miles because it's worth it all for the joy Exceeding, exceeding great joy. Exceedingly great joy. Herod was two miles away from the location of exceedingly great joy. Herod was in Jerusalem where his palace and throne was. And it would take less than half an hour on horseback or that kind of transportation to get to Bethlehem and the stable. And he could have joined in the joy of the wise men, the shepherds, the angels. But he was the Grinch. He was the murderer. He was the liar. Uh, let me tell about Herod something here real quick. Herod, king of the Jews, when he got to the throne, he killed all the families of the previous ruler. All of, and one of that family member was his wife. He killed her. One of his sons said to him, my two brothers are conspiring to kill you and take your throne. He killed them. The one who told them that my two brothers are conspiring to kill you, he did what? Killed him too. So insecure. Matter of fact, Valerie and I were talking about this. And when Herod came to his time of death, he knew the Jews hated him. Herod represented everything the Roman government was in a place of Judaism. And since the Jews couldn't take out their venom, on the emperor of Rome, they took it out on 
Herod. Even though Herod built them a temple for worship. Herod was so malicious in his governing that when it came time to die, he told his family, when I die, none of the Jews are going to cry for me because they hate me. So I want you to get some of the prominent leaders of the kingdom men of statue and, and, and notoriety and love by their community. I want you to bring them to Jerusalem. And the day I die, I want you to kill them all. They'll cry for these guys, but I want it to look like they're crying for me. That's sick, isn't it? Wow. It's cold outside. You ain't got to go nowhere. Jose, Herod was two miles away from great joy. How far are you? Did you, did you hear me? Are you this far? Getting on your knees? How far are you from great joy? That son, that daughter, that wife, that boss. You got your phone, honey? Why don't you bring your phone in here? So you can pay your tithes. Bring two phones next time. <laughs> this technology can take me around the world. I can get great joy by calling Noonan or calling Trinidad if I need to. For some of you and for me, we're so close to great joy. Can I get an amen? We're so close to great. The house of God is great joy. Fellowship with the people of God is great joy. Reading your Bible and praying is great joy. Forgiving somebody is great joy. Whether you get $5 or $500, it's great joy. It's five or 500 you didn't have before. You know, I think I'm preaching the best I've ever preached since last Christmas. <laughs> Sammy, could you help me here? Great joy. Can you put that back on the screen, whatever you had there? Wow. If you, if you could help somebody be happy, you get happy. Next one, please. You, you know that you're a Christmas spoiler when you get infuriated when your plans don't work out. Man, the Grinch, he stole everybody's gifts, trees, ornaments. He even stole the stuff in the fridge. Took it up to the hill. Way up, Max pulled it all the way up the hill at a pivotal point on the mountaintop. And he's getting ready to push it 
over the edge where it will be scattered and broken and unrecognizable on the way down to the valley. I got it now. Brother David, the devil has tried to push you over the cliff. Daddy, in your life, maybe not physically, but you got a great warfare like I have, and sometimes the devil wants to push you over the cliff. Danny, same for you. Life doesn't always bring us to the mountain without which trying to throw us over the cliff. We get to the mountaintop and the devil shows up. About the time he's about to push it over the cliff, he hears song. He's in Whoville. He's burned down their Christmas tree. Can I get an amen from this crowd? Y'all saw the movie, right? Can you help him out? You meet at his house tonight. See the movie. I'm just kidding. Oh, my. Somewhere they got another Christmas tree. Somewhere they live it up. They didn't have no, they didn't have no gifts. They didn't have no trees in their house. They didn't have no food in their fridge. They, they, they didn't have no, no Christmas garments. They just got around the tree. Holding hands. The Grinch's plan didn't work. It didn't work. Their song came back. Their dance came back. Their laugh came back. Their joy came back. Somebody clap your hands. It came back. Because what the devil means for evil, God will turn it around. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord. So sing anyhow, dance anyhow, shout anyhow, pray anyhow. Because if you make the effort, God will finish the fight. You remember, you remember when Saul was killing people? He took Christians. Jesus died and he was going, Jesus left disciples and followers. And Saul took Christians and with his entourage of helpers, he went on horseback and, and he tied them up. And uh, he didn't put them on horseback. Most, he just dragged them from Jerusalem to Damascus. Maybe there were occasions where he put them on an animal. And his joy was, his name was Saul, is to kill as many Christians as possible because when he did it, he was blessing Judaism. How many know we can think we're doing right? When we, we, we think we're the right team, but we're uh, a bright light shone from heaven. A bright light in the middle of the day knocked him off his animal, and a voice from heaven spoke of which his fellow travelers could not hear, and it says, Saul, Saul. Why persecutest thou me? And, and, and Saul says, who art thou, Lord? I'm Jesus. Hard to get, kick against the pricks. The Lord blinded him for three days. And God says, I want you to go to Damascus. Get on a street called Straight. And go to Ananias' house. Let <laughs> me tell you a little something here. You all are endearing me or enjoying me. Either way, I'm going with it. 
I think more often than not, otherwise, I need to get on the street called straight. We need to turn right and get straight. Y'all could write that down. That's original. I want to tell you something. If God has to blind the devil from your house, he'll do it. If God got to blind the demons or send them another way, GPS demons, God will take, God will take care of you. Come, Pastor Tim, sir. One more, one more point. Please, number five. You and I are a Christmas spoiler. Our hearts have never been changed. You know, the Grinch went down to Whoville after they were celebrating in spite of their losses. He went down there. Man, maybe he had this attitude. If I can't beat them, I think I'll join them. He came back with all their gifts, all their presents, all their trees, all their ornaments, all their wall coverings, everything. He was changed. He was changed. Changed forever. Herod. Herod, uh, that you have that open to, to Matthew. Herod so mad that the wise men didn't come back and tell him where the baby was so he could kill the baby. There won't be one king of the Jews in this territory. And he made a decree. Presuming the child is under two years of age, male child, he directed his soldiers, executioners, to go all over Bethlehem and surrounding suburbs and kill every male child two years old and younger. And that's why this verse says, in verse 18, in Rama, there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children. It would not be comforted because they are not you're good. You're good, Rachel. I got you covered. Babies, two years old and younger, hundreds of babies, only child of some family. Moms have great aspiration for their babies. I didn't get a lot in life, but I'm going to give my child all I can. And for a male child, the culture, it was even a greater blessing to the family. And he had him killed. Rachel is a mother of Israel. She was crying and weeping and nothing could soothe her. I'm going to say this to you and I don't want to make you mad. But I'm going to say it to you. America, churches, this country, its citizens should be weeping for the over 50 million babies that have been killed in this land under the guise of protecting the health of the mother. 
There are places where that happens, where, where mother's health is at risk. I'm going to let God deal with that. If, if you've had an abortion, I, I don't know that. I'm not beating you. I don't even know. I'm just telling you. When our tax money is used to kill babies, somebody ought to cry. I really thought I'd get a sincere response to that, but that's okay, that's okay. This is where I'm gonna tell you the truth, whether you clap, sing, dance, I don't give a rip. But I will stand before God. He will say, Pastor, or Alan, 12, 10, 17, although it hurt, you told them the truth. And now the blood's not on your hands. If that sounds egotistical, then so be it. You know, whatever somebody does to somebody else in meaning and meaningful and hate and ugly and nasty, what they sow, they're going to reap. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Herod killed hundreds and perhaps hundreds of babies when it came time for him to die. He died of the most horrendous, agonizing disease related to his kidney, his body, his infection and gangrene throughout his body. He died a miserable death because he made so many others miserable. Would God have forgiven him if he went to worship Jesus? Yes, he would. We got a lot of time if you're alive, but time's running out. Stand, please. Well, I don't know how long I preached, but I, I hope that it'll be seed. So your heads about for a moment, and your eyes are closed, and let me not belabor this. I'm not intending to make a come to the front altar call. What I am intending to do is to pray over everybody who say to themselves, I don't want to spoil Christmas, but I really don't want to spoil my testimony, my witness, the gifts God has given me. You say, I'm asking ask you now, uh, do you this morning say in your spirit, in your heart, and willfully, Pastor, I've heard these five thoughts, and I don't want to be guilty of any one of them. I don't want to, to push God out when he's trying to invade my territory. I don't want to be infuriated when God gives me certain plans, but I don't want his plans. I want mine. I don't want to be, oh God, a place where my heart doesn't change. Can I get an amen? Lord, I, I want to join in the joy of others. I want great joy. And I don't want to be pretentious. Pretentious. But wherever that hits you and lands on your mind. Would you raise your hand if that's you and you say, Pastor, when we pray in just a moment, I want you to I want you to pray that over all of us. Raise your hands if you want to. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's free. It's 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 yeah, thank you, Jesus. You may you may put them down. So I'd like for you to look here just a moment so we can have a little bit of a while we're doing this, that kind of thing. I want to pray over you and I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer. I'm gonna tell you what I told the first service. I don't have a pre-memorized pre prayer in my head to ask you to follow. 
You understand? I'm just going to pray impromptu like most of our prayers. Can I get an amen? But I do believe that I'm just the vessel and God is the one who gives the blessing. And so I want you to receive it. Everybody ready to be changed anyhow we want to say amen? Lift your hands to the Lord on the count of three. I'd like for you to repeat after me out loud. One, two, three. My Jesus, it is time for me to have you look into my life. If there is any possibility that I'm like Herod or the Grinch, I want you, Lord, to change me, to make me more like you. I come to you now and I pray that all the baggage, all the boxes, all the bows will not be my priority. I pray at Christmas time and any other time you will be Lord of my life. Help me, Lord, to know great joy. Help me, Lord, to have exceedingly great joy. Keep me today from the work of the flesh, the devil, and any other temptation that will pull me aside. Today, Lord, beginning right now, I dedicate my life to you. I consecrate my life to you. I'm sold out to you. Change me. Even in this moment, I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Applaud it now. Go ahead, go ahead. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just tarry till we till we sing together one time. Come on, do it.